You're listening to the podcast of Real Life Church. We love, we live, we relate. Awesome. Wow. Beautiful. Thanks, Candice, for stepping out there. Um, I love it when Holy Spirit gets right of place and, and beautiful. So thank you. Then it becomes a case of, okay, what do I do now? But Lord, as I often say, everything that I say that's of you, won't you cement it in our spirits? Everything I say that's not of you, won't you allow it to be blown away in the, in the wind? Um, sorry, can I, I just want to take this for a sec. <clears throat> <sighs> you had a Debs in Mozambique. Give a shout out to you had a Debs in Mozambique. Fantastic, Marion. Uh, the Gobel family. Fantastic. All good to to see on on Lana's as well. Liam. Mm. Fantastic. Liam, your mom says hi. <laughs> all good you know the amazing thing is like I, I was um, in, encouraged a while back to try and spend less time out of the pulpit and not only hand over the pulpit when I'm out of town uh, and so I've tried hard to do that and we're going to continue to do that and so but so for the past three weeks with us changing things over the Easter weekend as well I haven't shared and at the time I was like wow I'm going to get like six messages under my belt i'm going to like press fast forward i'm going to move on ahead and it's going to be so wonderful and long and short of it is i didn't do that and maybe it's god in his wisdom because then you end up preparing for what's currently happening and it's more of a now word than you know just always having something in your pocket which is always a good thing thing to have and so this morning I'm wanting to start off with a, a new series and I've called it The Clash of the Kingdoms. And I'm going to dive into a little bit of The Clash of the Kingdoms. But the reality is there is almost everything we do, there is a battle. You know, I think the mistake is sometimes we come to faith and people promise us through maybe good intentions or something, just come to Jesus and everything will be all right. How many of you know that that's not the, the truth? You know, we, we come to Jesus and we still have family issues. We still have fa- financial issues. We still have health issues. But at least we are on the overcoming side. And this, all we are fighting about is to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and enter into a battle. Come to Jesus and enter into warfare. Come to Jesus and get clapped and licked. Some the good word, bad word. I'm not too sure. It's like, you know, um, around, um, it's expressive, you know. And, 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 and if we said that, maybe few people would come to faith. But the reality is those who come to faith would ha- come to faith with no sense of disillusionment. That I thought it would be okay. I thought it would be plain sailing from here. But there's a clash of kingdoms that we live through each and every moment of our life. And this morning I'm going to share from Luke 5. So if you've got your um, Bible gateway open or something, you can head over to to Luke 5. 
And I, I used to use the NIV most of the time. I dabble between a couple, but at the moment I'm using the New Living Translation, which my folks bought to me when I was in London in November, and I'm, I'm loving that. Luke 5, verse 1. Are we ready? Fantastic. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Jesus carried the word of God in such a way that the crowds gathered around him to listen and to hear the words of life. Why do we have to have marketing departments and adverts and flyers and all sorts of things to advertise jesus preached the word of god and people now maybe they listen to his twitter account but they that jesus gathered people around him because he inspired them with the word of god do we carry the word my challenge my encouragement to us this morning is do we live with the word of jesus in such a way that jesus in us that becomes a jesus through us in such a way that it impacts those around us. Are people gathered to us because what we say brings life? Or, do, or is what we say bring neg negativity and destruction and confusion and chaos? Do, are we the, the type of people that people are attracted to us because we have a demonstration of the joy and the overcoming of the kingdom of God. Verse 2, and Jesus noticed two empty boats by the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them there when they were fishing, when they were washing the nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who is Simon Peter, who had become Peter, it's, who was the owner of the boat, to push it out into the water. So he sat there in the boat and taught the crowds from there. We had finished speaking. He said to Simon, Now go out to where it is deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time the nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners to the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. So here is this moment where Peter has an encounter with Jesus. And the crowds are pressing on Jesus as he teaches the word. Now verse 2 says something unusual. Verse 2 says, and Jesus noticed something. How many of us want to know what is it that Jesus notices? What attracts Jesus' attention? At this moment, Jesus was attracted. His, his attention was drawn to the empty boats. Jesus is often attracted to the empty vessels. He's drawn, Jesus is drawn to the weary things and caught nothing. When we feel empty, friends, it's not that God has abandoned us. When we feel weary, it is not that God has abandoned us. It's an opportunity and a moment where God notices us. When we feel frustrated, it's an opportunity for God to notice you. The God of Genesis who hovers over the empty, breathes and brought life. For those areas in our lives where we feel empty and weary, this morning I believe Holy Spirit wants to hover over the barrenness 
baptizing with the prophetic word that Candace brought this morning, the word of knowledge, mm -hmm. that God wants to hover over the things that are barren, over the things that seem barren, the things that seem empty, the things that seem weary. And this morning, He wants to breathe His life into it. Friends, I think sometimes Jesus allows us to grow weary. Jesus allows us, in inverted commas, to grow empty. I think Jesus sometimes allows us to strive in our own strength until we get so tired, where we get so exhausted, where we get so weary, that then we cry out because we need Him. I honestly don't believe God allows a whole lot of things that the church think He allows. But it's not that He allows those things to happen. He allows us to have the consequences of the decisions that we make. When we are so empty that He then has something to fill. I think sometimes in our lives Jesus takes a back seat. Because we keep on saying to Jesus, Jesus is okay, I've got this. Not your will, but mine being done. Jesus, I'm tapping you out of here for a moment because I am in control. I know what I'm doing. I know what I want. And so we relegate Jesus to the back seat. And he takes that back seat and allows us the opportunity to grow weary. So when he comes into our empty places, he has something to fill. Now, Jesus didn't only notice the empty boats. Jesus stepped in to the emptiness. Jesus stepped into the barriers. Why were those boats empty? Those boats were empty because a fisherman had been out all night and toiled and tried and did what they thought they could. And they came back with absolutely nothing to show for their efforts. And Jesus notices that. And he not only notices it, he steps into it. Holy Spirit, what is it this morning that you want to step into? What are the areas in my life where I feel that they are empty? Where there's no fruit, where there's no favor, where there's areas where I've tried hard and I'm not seeing a return on my investment. Jesus didn't only step into the empty boats. He used those empty boats to display His abundance. He used the, that emptiness to display his generosity and his overcoming and his way. This morning I'm entitled this series, The Clash of Kingdoms. But I want to focus on Jesus, money and eternity. And I know as soon as I say I want to focus on Jesus, money and eternity, most of you only heard money. money. So I'm going to do Jesus and eternity as well. When Jesus becomes your life, you carry potential, you carry possibilities, you carry purpose to do the impossible. When Jesus gets into the empty boats that the disciples couldn't fill, that the fishermen couldn't fill, he brings a potential, a possibility, a purpose and a promise to do what they thought was impossible. Friends, are we willing to let Jesus come into our empty vessels, our empty spaces, full of purpose and promise this morning, so that He can do the impossible? I believe that there's not one person amongst us who doesn't want heaven to move 
so that we can mark earth. It's not just, oh Lord, let your kingdom come in heaven as it is on earth. Lord, let your kingdom come that we can mark earth with a demonstration of your kingdom. Ecclesiastes 3 says, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. When we come to Jesus, God awakens something of eternal value in each and any one of us. And my, my reality is when I start a new series, it's, it's, it's the most difficult thing to do. One, because you want to set a foundation that is good and that we can build on it. So you realize you set your foundation. Those of you who aren't here don't get the foundation. And then they hear the rest of it, but don't build on a good foundation. And the second thing is, knowing that I'm doing a series, I'm just tempted to just go full out and give you like six hours in 45 minutes. There's just so much to say and to get through. Because friends, everybody spends their lives in some way, but not everybody spends their life on purpose. And this morning I want you to remind us and I honestly believe, I'm convinced that God wants to give us greater, fuller and deeper vision for our finances and for so many other things. And we released our finances and made our finances um, public and for everyone to see of the the past two, two weeks, and I've just really challenged, like, I teach on finances around the country on a, on a regular basis, and I so seldom do financial talks in real life, and this isn't the financial series that I do when I preach and teach elsewhere, but I do want to spend a moment and teach on, on finances, and I'll do it this week and, and next week. And as I've been preparing, I believe that God is saying that He wants to put His majesty on display through your finances, his majesty in your money, his wonder in your wealth, and his friendship in your finances. I am so convinced that there is so much more for all of us in this area. And I'm challenged in our own finances. I'm challenged in my finances. We are faithful as a family. We are faithful as a couple. I am a tremendously generous person. I say that with humility. And as a community and as a church, we are a generous community. Now, Ali and I have been generous for 25 years. We've been married 25 years on, on Wednesday. And I feel God's challenged me and say, Stu, on Tuesday... On Tuesday, it's 25 years. Yeah, like midnight Tuesday. Like it's Tuesday and we're like, okay, moving swiftly, swiftly on. I feel God has challenged me. I believe that God has acknowledged that we are, gen- that we are generous and that we are faithful. But I believe God has challenged me saying, Stuart, are you faith-filled? And there's a difference between faithful and being faithful. There are a couple of people around the country and around the world that just have a reputation for being generous. And we talk about those people on regularly. When I'm in leaders' meetings, everyone says, oh, but this person gave money to our church and this person gave money to us. And I think it's just like really amazing and, and bless them you know, abundantly. But I just want to honor all those who give in secret. All those who give without their friends mentioning it, mentioning it from a pulpit or a platform or a something. I spend a lot of time with young people in their in their 20s who don't really have a lot to give 
And the amazing thing for me, there's one or two or three guys that regularly, and these are like varsity students who, who, you know, for them, it's a difference between pasta or pasta with like a bit of sausage in it, you know. And they regularly insist on picking up the tab. And we go out and, you know, it's two cups of coffee, 60 rand or something. But they just, they, they don't appear to have much, but they're always the people who say, and this, you, this turn is my turn, this turn is my turn. I believe that God is saying he wants to do more miracles in our finances. Our finances are to become a testimony to what God is doing in your life and our life. Just because we are being faithful with our money doesn't mean that we are walking in friendship with God in our finances. Maybe God is only saying this to me. Maybe God is not saying it to anybody else. But I feel God is saying to me, Stu, are you in cruise control with your cash? I believe God is asking us to hear the prophetic whisper this morning. As Jesus said to Simon Peter, Peter, won't you push out into deeper waters? Peter, as you go into deeper waters, Peter, as you go to places that you have been before and you have found no fruit or fish or profit, won't you go back to those places? But go back to them with me and my kingdom in mind. And when you go with me, you will reap a harvest. Now, the amazing thing for me is in this passage, it starts with that Jesus is teaching the crowd and people are drawn to him. What was Jesus teaching on? We've no idea. Be clear this. Jesus is teaching and it wasn't that important because it's not recorded. Nobody says Jesus was talking on A, B, and C. Jesus was teaching, but the fruit of what Jesus was teaching attracted the people. Not the message, but the spirit of what was being shared. But the whisper to Peter is what we know about. Jesus whispers to Peter, won't you go back, push out the boat, go let down your net. The whisper, the prophetic whisper, the potential of the whisper became the story and the testimony that is written down. Oh Holy Spirit this morning, won't you allow us to hear the prophetic whisper that you are whispering to us? It's more important to hear the power of prophetic and to know what you're saying that we will be able to move into the areas that you're calling us to to be able to see the fruit around our lives. For me, that's what's profound. He says to Peter, go deeper, there is more. I believe that what God is saying to us this morning is a foundation for the seasons and the years to come. Moses asked for favor of God in Psalm 90 verse 17. And may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. You know, even Ali and I suddenly say, you know, we work so hard sometimes and there's just no success, there's no fruit. It's just frustrating. It's just annoying. And Moses says, Father, won't you allow us to meet your approval and make our efforts successful. Yes. Some translations, some translations say, confirm the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. Make permanent the work of our hands. Moses is asking for the favor of the Lord to come upon him and what he is doing to make it 
favorable, to make it successful, to confirm it, to establish it, and to make the work of his hands permanent, to make it everlasting. There is somehow what he says, I want the things of my life to matter, to have eternity in mind. I'm nervous to suggest that too often the things we put our hands to are the things that don't really matter. They don't really matter to God. As Mark encouraged us a moment ago, are we going to look after the widows, the poor, the orphans, the downtrodden? We know those are the things that matter to God. And if you look at our time and our finances, are we putting our finances behind the things that really matter to God with eternity in mind? Friends, we can bring our tithe and our offering. We can bring our finances to the Lord. But conveniently believe that what we don't give, that the, that the, the rest is ours. To do with it as we please. Oh Lord, here is your part, but let me have my part. Lord, won't you make permanent the work of my hands? Won't you make permanent my finances, my faith, and my future? Somehow, Father, won't you allow me this morning to have a greater glimpse of what I put my hands to that has eternity in mind. Friends, that's my prayer for us. Oh Lord, let us work with eternity in mind. <coughs> Verse 8, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees and before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. And when he's saying, please leave me, he's not saying, get away from me. He's saying, the Jewish is saying, I need you. He, he's almost saying, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. This is a moment of realization for him that he is in the boat with the Messiah. This is a fundamental moment of humility for him. He is embraced and he is exposed in the presence of Jesus, where Jesus embraces him and Peter is exposed for his poor thinking leading up to this revelation and this moment and this encounter with Jesus and his boat. He is both embraced and exposed. Friends, we need to encounter Jesus in our empty spaces where we are both embraced by Jesus and exposed for what we cannot do without him. So that there is a change and there's a dynamic and there is a response and if need be a I'm going to say uh, repentance. I was going to say repeal. A repentance. For most of us, a lifestyle of outstanding generosity starts when we realize that Jesus is in our boat with us. When we realize that Jesus is in our empty spaces and that he will make our empty spaces fruitful, a life of generosity can begin. Verse 9, for he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others around him. 
his partners James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid, for from now on I'm going to be calling you fishers of people. Peter had this encounter with Jesus. It is a pivotal moment in Peter's life. At the beginning of the story, Peter refers to Jesus as master. He, he refers to him as master, a term of reverence, a term of politeness. So won't you do something with me? But in this pivotal moment of having an encounter and being embraced and exposed by Jesus in the empty spaces, Peter has this encounter and he changes from Jesus as master to Jesus as Lord. And when he suddenly sees Jesus as Lord in his empty spaces, his fortune and his future changes. I feel too often people want Jesus as Lord in their podcast, in their duvet, and with their flat white mochaccino coffee with almond milk. That's where we want Jesus as Lord. But a lifestyle of generosity that will mark eternity begins when Jesus is Lord, not just friend or master. Friends, I want you to suggest this morning that the, at the heart of Christianity is a Jesus movement. One that seeks to embody and embrace the life, the spirituality and the mission of Jesus as Lord. We cannot do anything without realizing that Jesus as Lord has to be the most pivotal part of what we're doing. We can't just brace spirituality and mission with Jesus as master. We have to embrace it with Jesus as Lord. The confession that Jesus is Lord lies at the epicenter of the church's task and mission. It doesn't get more theolog theologically sound than this. Jesus as Lord. Friends, this is the heart of revival and renewal. The greatest revival we need today, and Petra reminded me of it this morning, is not mega stadiums. The heart of revival and renewal is not mega churches. The heart of revival and renewal is Jesus is Lord. Full stop. Make that the sound bite. If that's the only thing we remember this morning, <coughs> let that be what we remember. When we feel lost in our identity, when we feel lost in our purpose, when we're struggling to understand what we are called to or what we are doing, we will rediscover it when we come back to the basic principle of Jesus, you are Lord of my life. How do I get into the empty boat with you? So that I can find passion and purpose and power in that. Friends, I'm tempted to think that so often we make Jesus out to be a nice guy. We make Jesus out to be the decency cop. But he is king. And he challenges our thinking. He challenges our way of life. If Jesus is king, he should challenge our diaries. He should challenge our time. He should challenge our finances. He should challenge how we commit to things.
I think one of the reasons why we are so eager and keen to domesticate Jesus is because the reality is that it is difficult to live with a Lord. It is easier to live with my way than it is to live with a Lord in my boat. When I live with a Lord in my boat, there requires a change, a submission, a commitment. When I believe Jesus is just my master or my friend, it is far easier than welcoming him into my empty spaces as Jesus my Lord. And we lessen the demand of discipleship where we diminish Jesus. Where we can worship Jesus but have no significant lordship or kingship in our worship. Friends, we can love the body, Jesus. We can love the church, Jesus. We can love the gathering, Jesus. And in that we can ignore the Lord, Jesus. I don't want a religious God. But sometimes in the, their endeavor to throw out a religion, people throw out the Lord God as well. We can't get so blasé about being unreligious that we lose sight of the fact that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King. And in being Lord and King, Jesus' commitment is to bring in a kingdom. The clash of two kingdoms. The kingdom that Jesus wants to establish is not just Jesus, my friend, but it is Jesus, my King, and His kingdom, my Lord, and my friend. If we're going to impact the world with the name of Jesus, I honestly believe that it can only happen if people like you and me make a decision and take action in the power of Holy Spirit. Ever since Jesus' life on earth, God has never stopped calling for a movement. There's no denomination. It's not a movement as we know. Jesus wants a movement and a momentum of little Jesuses. And in my birthday message to Francia this morning, I alluded to that. Where we have people who live out a life of being a little, with, I'm saying this with reverence and respect, when people live out a life of being a little Jesus, of being a reflection, of being able to see Jesus in someone, to see Jesus through someone. That is what God wants. He wants a momentum of a whole load of little Jesuses running around Johannesburg and changing our city and our nation. Little Jesus to follow him and to release him. The remarkable and the redemptive. The genius and the generosity that lies in the message we carry starts with Jesus. Last week and the week before, Candace started a changing direction for real life when she was prophetically and powerfully encouraging us to take hold of the fact that God is turning a page in real life. And I honestly believe that God is changing and turning a page. We as a group of friends and as a community have fundamentally changed in the two years of restrictions, so-called lockdown and COVID. But in those two years, we have found our freedom. We have found our purpose. We have done more for the widows, the, law, the, 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 widows, the orphans, the lost, the poor than we have ever done before. 
We've, ident- we've uh, come to embrace identity in a way that we have never done before. We have learned to work outside the confines of church on a Sunday morning like we have never done before. Ash and her prophetic worship this morning was encouraging us and saying a new wine demands a new wineskin. And that new wine and that new wineskin that we have to make a decision to carry and to change to will sustain and hold. It's not, just, it's not good enough just to hold. It has to sustain. And it doesn't sustain just for a moment. It has to be something that, is, that sustains for eternity. In the prayer meeting this morning, Trevor was sharing about the peace of Christ. When Jesus gets into your boat, he changes and transforms. Joan was sharing how we need to have an eye-to-eye encounter <laughs> with Jesus. An eye-to-eye encounter with Jesus as our Lord so that we can come deeper. And when we come deeper, we find Him more appealing. Amy encouraged us in the prayer meeting this morning that without understanding Jesus as Lord, we can become callous and not recognize who He is or what he is doing. She said when we see Jesus as Lord. We move with him. And we do what he is doing. We see kingdom come on earth. For eternity. When we understand Jesus as Lord. In worship this morning. We are singing about a new wine. But Jesus won't you make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. Were we genuine when we sang that or were we just caught up in the moment? Jesus, I came here with nothing. But all that you have given me, Jesus, bring a new wine out of me. I lay down my old flames to carry your new wine today. Friends, I want to wrap up this morning by challenging us that given the situation of the church in the West, I honestly believe that as real life changes the page, as we lay down our old lives, as we embrace a new thing, as we lay down the old flames and become a new fire, we will become attractive in a way that we have never been before. I honestly believe that people are looking for something of eternity and they will find it in the Jesus in us. But much will now depend on whether you and I are willing to break out of a stifling herd mentality of the way that we have done things before and to find Jesus as Lord again in the context that he has called us to advance his kingdom because he is king in his beautiful name. Amen and Gloria. Press pause before we run off for refreshments, please.
anyone have a question, a perspective that they want to ask, and I'm going to move into something. Yeah, no, fantastic. I, I, I honestly believe that there is so much, you know, just, just understanding as, as you come out of this season with mental health and all sorts of things that are happening, people need something that is everlasting and eternal, that is powerful, that is genuine, that is pure, that is glorifying, that is kingdom. But friends, if we give what we don't have, we are being almost fraudulent. We are giving a cart of fate. We are gi not giving the real. I'm wanting to encourage us this morning. Let's spend a moment and just ask Holy Spirit. The areas in our lives that are empty, the areas in our life that are barren, the areas in our lives where we've taken the boat out to go and fish, we've gone out to work, we've got into relationships, when we've got into promises, We've got into the prophetic and we've seen no fruit and we've come back to shore, disillusioned, frustrated, giving up. I believe that Jesus is looking at those spaces this morning and he is willing to get into those empty boats with you. But then Jesus doesn't take the boat out. Jesus says to Peter, you must take your boat out. And he says to Peter, you must take your boat out to deep waters. You must take your boat out to a place where there is now vulnerability, exposure and risk. Jesus this morning wants to fill those areas are promised in our lives that are empty. Why don't you just press pause a moment and allow him to come into those empty spaces. And this morning, maybe we need to repent and say, Jesus, I've invited you into those spaces before, but I've looked at you as master. I've been polite. I've invited you in as friend to this morning. I want to invite you in as Lord, as King. And Holy Spirit, I ask this morning that you give each and every one of us supernatural grace and a spirit of overcoming, especially for us where those areas may feel painful and difficult. Because you call us 
to take those boats out. And Jesus, you didn't ask Peter to go out into a new lake. You said to go back into the same one. The miracle isn't that there was a new fish in a new pond. The miracle is I went out where there was barrenness before and I now go out with an expectation of an abundance. I'm going to carry on sharing with this over the next couple of weeks, but this morning I'm wanting to encourage us to specifically look at the areas of finances. Where in the past we've sown and we haven't reaped, and so now we are reluctant. In the areas where we give kingdom and king a tokenism, hoping that the balance remains ours. And I want to remind us this morning that we don't know what the message is that Jesus was sharing and teaching, but we know that the fruit of it was that it was attractive. It's not about the detail, it's about the spirit. And even in these areas that were empty, the testimony was that Peter had to call his friends to come and witness the generosity of the kingdom of heaven. If those boats had returned with half a dozen, half a dozen fish, they may have had a fish bry. But there had to be a sense of emptiness for Holy Spirit and Jesus to fill to overflowing. Holy Spirit, this morning, won't you fill us to overflowing? May your kingdom come, not just on earth as it is in heaven, may your kingdom come to mark earth. Let, heaven, let earth be marked because your kingdom has come in our empty boats this morning. And Candace often gives us homework. And so this morning I'm going to follow in her footsteps. But this is an open book exam. Choose your homework. What area are you now going to take your empty boat out into the deep? What area are you going to ask Jesus to fill? Where and how are you going to go and make a commitment to see your breakthrough? If I'm honest, I feel somewhat frustrated when I prep well and people don't arrive or when I say what did we share on last week 
and people don't remember that I wasn't even sharing last week. <laughs> but what blesses the kingdom of God the most is not if we remember a message, it's if we allow that message to transform us. That's the beauty. The rest is Stuart's insecurity. Maybe that's my empty boat that I need to push out. But Lord, we want to see fruit of kingdom in our lives. In your awesome name. Amen. Amen and glory. Thank you for listening. 